Hello, and thank you for joining us on the Spiritually Curious Podcast. This is your host, Khalik, and today we will be discussing the Great Commission, or actually rethinking the Great Commission. How the Great Commission is is understood and practiced today does harm to other uh, spiritualities, other religious cultures and understandings. I want to examine a, a new way to uh, a way to rethink the Great Commission, how it is understood and how it actually should be exercised. The Great Commission was was given to the 11 disciples of Jesus as described in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, and it calls for a global baptism in education based on the teachings of Jesus. And Matthew 28, 19 to 20 reads as follows. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, Christians have historically incorrectly interpreted the Great Commission as being a directive to share and even at times force the gospel message onto non-Christians as the exclusive method of spiritual evolution for mankind. In order for a uh, monotheistic religion such as Christianity, Judaism, or even Islam to preserve the exclusive title of holder of ultimate truth, all meaningful access to God and human purpose must unequivocally reside within its borders. There can be no other way to God or to discover and exercise your purpose as a human being. Christianity is believed to have the exclusive power to free a person from a state of spiritual ignorance, saving them from catastrophic consequences now and in the afterlife. When the objective of the Great Commission is to save as many souls as possible from a non-Christian way of life, it is assumed that other spiritualities are ineffective in the development of, of systems of morality, ethics, culture, uh, self-identity, and, and knowing who God is. For the Christian, taking part in achieving a universal Christian mindset is the appropriate response to the call of the Great Commission. But this also calls for an elimination of all other methods of knowing God that are not Christian. Non-Christians are referred to as lost souls, those in darkness, the deaf, dumb, and blind, the unbelievers of God, those void of any good, heathens, enemies of God. But this can all be changed. They can be spiritually rejuvenated by the gospel which is the superior religious practice and method of living. Not only are other spiritualities without power and value, so are the people that practice them. And the Great Commission is what is believed to make them better. But we're going to examine a different way to define the uh, exercise and purpose of the Great Commission. One that is not uh, rejected of other people's unique spiritual identities, one that is welcoming of that and one that allows a Christian to remain being a Christian, but also allows another to be to continue to identify with 
their own unique spiritual identities? What value do the theological beliefs of non-Christians have when Christians have as a contingency of their faith a great commission, which commands them to procure from humanity the freedom to know God according to their own cultural and spiritual dynamics. This is done by saying that this gospel, this religion is superior to your own and therefore must be used to cleanse you, to cure you of your spiritual ignorance, to replace your ideas about God, self and culture and give you new ideas a new spiritual identity, a new idea of God. The Great Commission is understood to be a global conversion project that seeks to establish one perspective of God and one perspective of the self. The belief that the gospel is the ultimate word of God and the only truth revealed to mankind is what Christians feel gives them the divine permission to degrade the unique spiritual cultures and religious structures of other peoples that they evangelize to. Giving the Christian the divine power and responsibility to overthrow, throw out, and uproot all things outside of Christianity to fulfill the call of the Great Commission. The Great Commission, when understood as a call to save non-believers, is problematic in a categorization error. While a non-believer can always refer to a non-Christian, it is not necessarily one that does not believe in God. The language is derogatory and assumes that one is without a meaningful spiritual life and efficient belief in God due to the unacceptance of the Christian faith. While a non-Christian can have a very fulfilling faith system that enables a genuine connection with God, an authentic knowledge of self that encourages love of community, nature, and neighbor, the Great Commission suggests that that type of faith system, that type of connection to God, that type of knowledge of self, that type of expression of love for humanity is inferior to the type of spirituality, knowledge, love, and God connection made available through Christianity and therefore desperately needs to be corrected. It is this misunderstanding of non-Christian faith systems and the Great Commission that is the motivation for the demonization of their methods of life, religion, self-awareness, and identification of God. A different understanding of the Great Commission should be adopted in order to respect the creativity in which God has uniquely presented God's self to her humanity. A non-Christian spiritual understanding rooted in glorification of God, love of self, human equality, and respect of creation should not be considered inauthentic and replaced by Christianity which holds the same values, but are just exercised through different practices and traditions. The Great Commission is used by Christians to make people better by making them Christian. 
the bettering comes at the cost of making the convert less than by stripping them of the specifics that create their unique identity, uh, that create their cultural norms, uh, their knowledge and understanding of God uh, and, and things like this. So therefore, the whole person is unwelcomed by Christianity and some of the beautiful and amazing aspects that make a person uniquely who and what they are will require rejection in order to be accepted by God. This makes the convert less than a whole person as coming to Christianity demands that they must come to the altar absent of non-Christian concepts of spirituality, absent of pieces of themselves. The old person is gone, but a new person is born. But the newness is not a better version of the original. Rather, the person is new due to being mutated, missing elements of self, spirituality, and culture. The truth, the very truth of who and what you are. William Carey, in his 1792 book entitled An Inquiry into the Obligations of Christians to Use Means for the Conversion of the Heathens, wrote, and this I'm going to quote from his book, it says, it must undoubtedly strike every considerate mind what a vast proportion of the sons of Adam there are who yet remain in the most deplorable state of heathen darkness. Without any means of knowing the true God, except what they are afforded by nature, by the works of nature. Now, this is an effort uh, by Carrion in this book in 1792 to uh, inspire Christians to answer the call of the Great Commission. And Carrion goes on in the book um, throughout chapters describing non-Christians as desperate barbarians um, who are in spiritual and intellectual darkness at one point, he uh, he says he describes them as um, eating human flesh, malicious and evil, hopeless of knowing God in any meaningful way um, without the gospel. Now, this is this, this is a similar message which Pope Urban II gave to the Crusaders that led to the slaughter of Jewish men, Jewish and Muslim men, women and children. This is also the ideology that gave birth to white supremacy giving whites the Christian authority to enslave Africans and an assumed obligation to add value to them by making them Christians. And the Indians and the, the Spanish, just every place that they went with these uh, mission trips in order to act out the Great Commission, fulfill what they thought, what they understood to be the way to do the Great Commission. It was always a sense of um, the better people helping the lesser people. But this evil philosophy that underlines Christianity of this kind, Christianity of this kind, which measures the value of people according to their religious beliefs is incorrect. It must be checked. It must be rethought. It must be reexamined. The problem to carry Pope Urban II and to modern day conservatives, Christian conservatives, is that the belief 
that God is contained in the scriptures of the Bible operating in the confinements of Christianity only. They falsely believe that any God talk, any God talk outside of those parameters is talk against Christianity and against God. So the traditional execution of the Great Commission as going out into all the world and blessing the nations with what they're with blessing the nations with what they are missing, which is a superior religious understanding that should be rejected. The greatest commandment and commissioning, according to Jesus, was to love. And I read from Matthew 22, 36 to 38. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. What would it look like if the Great Commission was understood and practiced from this perspective? A commandment to live out your faith from a place of love and respect for your neighbor's spiritual identification with God and self. Following the greatest commandment, according to Jesus, loving God with all your heart, soul and mind should be the understanding of what the Great Commission is. The Bible goes on to say in the next verse, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. No matter that be love of God, self, and humanity, according to Hinduism, Islam, Judaism, or through spiritual practices outside of religion, the call from Jesus, Muhammad, Krishna, and the prophets of the First Testament is to love God, self, and humanity. Love of God, self, and humanity is the divine call not requiring them to abandon their own spiritual beliefs and unique religious practices in order to accept your own as being superior. What would it look like if those fulfilling the Great Commission were focused on being Christian instead of focused on making Christians? Now, I understand that Christianity offers salvation to humanity in a genuine relationship with God. But what if I have my own and I have no need for your idea of God and humanity? What if one does not need your idea of salvation because they have their own and their own connection with God and their own Messiah, their own scriptures and their own spiritual practices? What then can you offer them that is of any value? What then can you submit of your theology and spiritual experience that will have any justification for for you opening your mouth? Well, you could offer yourself as a Christian, a Christian in speech, a Christian in deed and a Christian in living out what you believe and not forcing it on others allowing the love of God, self, and humanity to be manifested for others to see. This is your responsibility as a Christian. This is your responsibility in fulfilling the Great Commission. The Christian message doesn't work for everyone. That's just the truth. 
God cannot be constrained to the Bible, the Quran, the Upanishads, the Torah, the Dhammapada, or any holy book that has been compiled by human hands. The Great Commission should be more than a teaching opportunity to convert people, but an opportunity to be enlightened by, by, by those people in order to come to a deeper understanding of love, of God, self, and humanity. Seeing what other people have to say, how other people carry that out. Every religion has their form of a great commission, which is to love God, self, and humanity. The world has more than one God experience and people have encountered God in their own unique ways, even before Christianity was founded. This should be reason enough to grasp the vastness of God and invoke a curiosity to seek God in all the ways God has expressed God's self throughout the course of human history through various spiritualities. None are superior and none are inferior. All are equally limited in knowledge, practice, and power. Therefore, Christians fulfill the Great Commission as they exercise love of God, self, and neighbor amongst non-Christians and Christians alike. They answer the call of Jesus not by making Christians, but by being Christians. Knowing that God can't be restricted to a holy book, any holy book, is loving God. Respect of a people's unique spiritual comprehension without denying it authenticity, authentic spiritual value, acknowledging another's culture as an opportunity to know them is loving your neighbor. Opening yourself up to spiritual truth and pursuing a deeper awareness of self is love of self. This is loving God, self, and neighbor. And this is what constitutes the work of the Great Commission.